Earthly wealth and fame may The scripture reading that Chris has chosen this morning is Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. That's Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Continue steadfast in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At this time, let's go to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for all the many blessings you give us, Lord. We're thankful for this opportunity to come worship you this morning, to sing praises to you. Well, we know that you are the creator of everything, Lord, and you so richly deserve all the praise. Be with us as we worship you. Let, let us put you first in our minds and in our hearts. Or be with Chris as he presents us with this lesson this morning. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for us as we take the Lord's Supper this morning, Lord. Let us reflect on what, what you did for us, Lord. For you send your son to die on the cross for us. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short, Lord. It's in Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Next song this morning is number 874. 874. 
Jesus is Lord. As we prepare our minds for another part of our worship service to God this morning, with the breaking of bread and fruit of the vine, I'd like to read Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 7, if you'd like to follow along. This is Isaiah's prophecy of Jesus dying for our sins so we could be saved. Verse 1, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not 
esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Would you bow with me, please? Father, we're thankful for this day that you've given us, for the beautiful sunshine, for the community in which we live, for this congregation as we come to worship you in spirit and in truth. We're thankful for your son who died for us. Bless us, Father, as we partake of this bread, which represents his body as he died on the cross. Forgive us, in thy son's name we pray, and amen. bow with me please father also as we come to you again and thanking you for your son who died for us as he shed his blood on the cross that our sins could be washed away bless us as we partake of this emblem that represents the blood of our savior your son jesus who died on the cross for us forgive us in thy son's name we pray and amen At this time, we usually pass the plate for giving so that the work of the congregation, the church here at Rome, can be carried on. We have, I hate it, but we have buckets in the back. But anyway, there are containers in the back of the building that you can drop your contribution off as you leave, as you come in. We appreciate it very much. Would you bow with me again, please? Father, we're thankful for the many blessings of this land and what you've given us, for the opportunity to be here with like-minded people that all of us have this same desire to one day be with you in heaven. We ask that you bless us Keep us safe. We pray for those that are sick with the COVID virus. Pray that the medicines that are being used will help them. We ask your blessings on all of our sick here. We ask your blessings on our country and the leaders and those and be with the president and his wife as they have the COVID. Bless them. Bless others, Father, that, that have it also. We're thankful for the land in which we live and the community and for the many blessings that we have that we can give back at this time. Bless us, Father, in our giving. 
Forgive us when we're wrong. In thy son's name we pray. And amen. If you would, let's stand. We'll sing our next song, number 345. 345. It is well with my soul.
our series on the truth of the church this morning. With our final that the early church would have uh, devoted themselves to. If you got your Bibles, be turning to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. We've talked about how the, uh, the early church has devoted themselves uh, to the apostles' teaching, and that, that just kind of means the various ways that the gospel has worked its way down into our lives and it's changed our minds about everything. Uh, it's changed our habits, it's changed our attitudes, it's changed the way we act, who we are, it's changed our personalities. Uh, it affects literally every little dark corner of our lives. And the apostles' teaching that they devoted themselves to is how that functions. What does that look like in our lives? Uh, how... Uh, we talked about how they devoted themselves to the fellowship and how they share uh, not just their lives and their emotions and, and just being together, but also their finances. These people learn lean on each other. They also, we talked last week about the breaking uh, of the bread and how they were devoted to the Lord's Supper. We're, we're talking about the final habit uh, of the early church. They devoted themselves to prayer. And last week a little bit about how each one of these habits has the, 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 the article right in front of it. It's the. And so these are something specific. Luke has something specific in mind when he talks about how they devoted themselves the prayers. And so what prayers uh, is Luke talking about? It's interesting, this word underlined for you, devoted, is something that we've talked about, I think, just about every, every week. Uh, this word is used Ten times in Scripture. You would think it would be used a lot more, right? That the church and the early disciples would have devoted themselves to... A... Well, that's just not the case. They devoted themselves to a very specific, very small amount of things. One of which is prayer. Like a... times, five times it's used to talk... It's used to talk uh, about what the early church themselves... In Scripture, and so that seems uh, overarching agenda of the early church. The the writers would have looked at the the, the congregation there and thought these guys are devoting themselves to prayer. It would have been very obvious. I wonder if it's as obvious for us today. Uh, David, I think, did a great job last a uh, couple weeks ago talking about prayer. And the challenge that he gave us all to pray for a specific person uh, for, for 21 days, I thought that was really good. So when I started thinking about what we were going to talk about today, I thought, well, what, what, what can we add to that? Well, we've come up with, uh, with an acronym that we're going to talk about today. And we're talking about the acts of prayer, A-C-T-S, the acts of prayer. Uh, we'll get into that in just a second, but if you're taking notes... Maybe you want to write down A-C-T-S, and we'll talk about that in just a second. So these prayers that the early church word have devoted themselves to, most of the church at this point, they are, they're Jewish. Um, the church has not branched out, at least in a great many ways, into the Gentile territories. And so most of the church are Gentiles, or, or excuse me, are Jewish. And so they are coming at this faith from a Jewish perspective. And so that makes a whole lot of sense because the Jewish... God. And so they're going to continue doing some of the things that they found helpful in their Jewish faith. And so they're going to pray these prayers. 
Uh, I think that's probably what Luke has in mind here when he says they devoted themselves to the prayers. Uh, so if you're a good Orthodox Jew in Jesus' day, you would have prayed the Shema. It's Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, starting in verse 5. But you wouldn't have had to turn there if you were a Jew. We have to turn there today. But they wouldn't have had to turn there because they would have had it memorized since the time they were very small. Um, children Hannah's size, you know, three, four, and five-year-old would have had this, this passage memorized as well as a great many others. Um, but they would have woke up praying this prayer. It's called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and gates. And if you go down, if you keep on reading there, you'll find some of the blessings um, that people who do this will inherit. These things are the Shema. And so this is what they would have prayed uh, first thing in the morning. Before they did anything else, they would have oriented their mind on God, how He is one, how it's our responsibility to pass that understanding, that love, wholehearted devotion of God to the next generation. That's what they would have started with. And then they progress on into their day and they would have started singing prayers of, of the Psalms of Praise. They would have sang at least six of the Psalms of Praise that we talked about during our study on Psalms. They would have sang, prayed through several of those Psalms, maybe hanging their own thoughts on some of those Psalms. Then they would have, uh, later on in the day, prayed through the, th the thoughts of Psalm 145. We didn't get to do, uh, teach through Psalm 145 in our lesson on our series on Psalms, but it's a really interesting psalm. So if you've got time today, read through that psalm. <coughs> Excuse me. It's only uh, about 20 verses long or so. And they, again, this is another psalm that they would have had memorized, and so they would have prayed through this every day. If you read through that psalm, you'll find that at the center of the psalm, this idea of passing your faith on to the next generation. You see that in the Shema as well. Um, and so this idea of passing on your faith just keeps coming right back up over and over and over again in these prayers that they would have prayed three, four, five times a day. At the end of the day, uh, before they laid down to go to sleep, they would have once again prayed through the Shema. You begin to see the devotion that these people had to prayer for a ride. And Luke really does have these Jewish prayers uh, in mind here when he says the prayers, which I think is, is most likely the case. You're beginning to see the devotion these folks had to prayer, how reliant they were on it. Let's talk a little bit about being devoted to prayer and what that looks like. I, I can't really give you... Um, an outline. I can't really tell you this is how you ought to pray because we're all in different spots in our, in our spiritual maturity, right? And so what may be a big deal for you is not a big deal for me. And what first, and, and since we're all in different spots and we're all concerned with different things and we're all in different places in our journey as well as uh, just physical maturity, uh, I can't really tell you what a good prayer life specifically 
would be for you. I can't give you a number, um, an hour, or anything like that to pray, but here's what I can do, I think. Um, I'm going to give you some categories to pray through. Prayer is difficult. Uh, and when, when David was talking about it, I think he espoused some of the ideas that we, that we all have. Um, most of us struggle in prayer. The Jewish uh, folks, our, our, old, our Old Testament counterparts, were, were quite good at it, at least in the form that they did it. Right? Their hearts weren't always in the right place, but their form was there. And so I want my form to be correct, yeah, but I also want my heart to be in the right place. And so as we think about prayer, we're going to have to think about it in this dualistic manner. Uh, there's two sides of the coin with prayer. And so each one of the, uh, the, the categories we're talking about today will start with the same letter um, uh, to help you remember it. But there'll also be maybe two, two sides of this coin. So as we think about prayer, we think about praying with a, during our time of affliction, right? Uh, during our times of, of, of pain, when we're struggling, when we're scared, when we're feeling anxious. During those times, uh, we pray. And that seems fairly obvious, but most of the time, I wonder if we're also taking time to pray prayers of adoration. I think if your prayer life is anything like my prayer life, we probably struggle to pray prayers of adoration, right? Maybe we don't think about it. Maybe our, our minds aren't geared in that way, but I think they need to be. Now, if you go back through and you think through what the first century Jews would have prayed, the prayers that Luke is, I think, referring to here, a lot of those prayers were made up from adoration psalms. So our minds need to be there. That's, that's, that's what we need to think. When, when we're happy, be returning that praise back to the Father. When we're scared, we need to run to Him and, and plead for His help. One is almost the knee-jerk reaction we have, right? When we're scared, we go to them. But when we're happy, do we always go to them? When we are astounded by His grandeur and His majesty and His work in our life and His work in this congregation and His work in our community and our world, do we go back to Him and praise Him? I think we need both of these things. Uh, I think both of these things are, are necessary. So that's your A. As we're talking about the acts, A-C-T-S of prayer, uh, adoration or affliction. We need to pray during both of those times. This next one, the C, is concise or copious. Uh, so there are times, and if you go back through in your Bibles, read through some of the prayers of Jesus, You'll find Jesus saying these one-line prayers, prayers that take seconds, right? Uh, in Acts chapter 11, when he raises Lazarus from the dead, he says uh, maybe 10 or 12 words. Uh, it just takes like maybe five seconds, and it's a five-second prayer. It's very concise, right? We pray like that sometimes, right? But there's also times, as you walk through Jesus' prayer life, as you listen to Paul um, pray in his letters, you'll find them staying up all night in prayer. It was common for Jesus to stay up all night in prayer. It was common for him to pray concise prayers as well. We've got to have both. Right? 
I don't think we can look down on people who pray concise prayers. But I don't think we should look down on people that pray long prayers. You see them both in, in our spiritual life to be who we want to need to be, to be who God wants us to be, and to be devoted to prayer. We need to pray these short prayers, maybe sometimes that are prayers of adoration, prayers for help, prayers of thanksgiving. A lot of Jesus' short prayers are prayers of thanksgiving. Uh, take the, the feeding of the 5,000. It's very quick. Raising of Lazarus is very quick. <clears throat> but we need both of these types of prayers, both concise and copious, uh, to, to be devoted in our prayer lives. To be who God wants to be, we have to focus on both of these things. The P in Acts is talkative or to-do list. And so... I had to get a little creative with this one because T is hard, apparently. But talkative. Um, sometimes we need an agenda when we pray, right? Um, maybe you've got the, the bulletin this week and you look through the prayer list and you just kind of think through who's on our prayer list, who's connected to them, what are they struggling with? Do they, do they need a ride? Would they need food? Uh, who's, who, who's connected to them that could also be hurting? How is this affecting their, their lives? Uh, what can I do to help them, right? Sometimes that's, that's your agenda in prayer. Sometimes maybe you grab your Bible and you turn to one of um, Paul's prayers. Like in Ephesians chapter 3, he pay, prays this amazing prayer, that one of the deepest, biggest prayers in all of Scripture. And you, you, you put your own thoughts onto Paul's prayer. Uh, on your sheet for this week, on the back of the bulletin, you've got four or five questions that I, that I gave you uh, this week to kind of struggle with one a day. Uh, and that's one of those. Pick a passage of Scripture out, one of Paul or Jesus' prayers, and hang your own thoughts uh, on, on that. I think that's super powerful. I think that's, I think that's necessary for us as we learn how to pray. Again, we struggle. And so we talk about prayer quite a bit, and Scripture talks about prayer a whole lot. Interestingly, Luke himself talks about prayer a lot. And so if you want to bone up on prayer a little bit, Luke's gospel is the one to walk, to walk through uh, because he talks about Jesus' prayer life an awful lot in his, in his gospel. But also, obviously, he talks about it here as he walks through what the early church was devoted to in the book of Acts. So sometimes we need a to-do list, right, in our prayer life. Maybe that uh, to-do list comes uh, out of our bulletin with our sick. It comes out of Scripture as we're just trying to, to figure out how to pray um, in, a, in, a, in a formative way, you know. Sometimes they're going to be, our prayers are going to be more loose. They're going to be more talkative. It's a conversation with uh, a friend. And so come to the table to our knees with an agenda, we come to God to talk, right? As you work through prayer in the New Testament, you come away with this idea that God just wants us to bring everything to Him, how we're feeling, what's going on in our lives. He, he wants us to work through those thoughts with Him. He wants the relationship, right? What would your marriage look like if you just came up to your spouse with the to-do list and said, well, we need eggs and milk. And all you ever did was 
tell them things. Bullet points, right? It wouldn't be a much of a relationship, would it? I mean, that's an Instacart list. <laughs> that's not a relationship. But I think that part's important too, right? You can't do life without, without that form. You need the form. So you need to do lists in prayer, but you also need the relationship. You need the talkative aspect where you just sit down with God and you pour out your heart to Him. So when we think about being devoted to we need both of these aspects. We need the, 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 the more loose kinds of prayers where we just pour our hearts out to God, but we also need the to-do list aspect of it where, where, we're, where we're learning how to pray. The last one we're talking about is uh, spontaneous or scheduled. And so there are times in your life where you, you do, you just pour out your hearts to God. You hadn't got it on a schedule yet. Uh, it wasn't one of your normal times to pray, but there's something that's on your heart that's so pressing that uh, maybe you spend some time in prayer. Maybe it's very quick. We talked about it earlier. The opposite of this is scheduled. I think you need a scheduled time to pray. I think you need to pray spontaneously. I think you need a scheduled time to pray. Again, it's not either or. It's both and. You need all of these different aspects of prayer. So you need a scheduled time to pray. And uh, when our, our kids are young, so our, our scheduled time to pray right now is around the dinner table. But you need a scheduled time to pray. Maybe it's uh, late at night, maybe it's early in the morning. I don't know when it is, but find a time. Play with that this week. That's another one of your challenges, I guess, this week. <coughs> on the sheet, <coughs> on the back side of the bulletin, is to find a, a time in the day that works well for you, where you can focus, where you're clear, uh, and you can spend some time with the Father. You need a scheduled time to pray because guess what happens if you don't schedule it? Yeah, don't do it, right? How often do we find that with every other aspect of our lives? You think, oh, I'll just, uh, I'll just remember that. Do you ever remember it? I never do, right? Schedule your time of prayer. But don't just pray during the scheduled times. You need spontaneous prayers as well. And so... One of the other questions uh, on, your, on your sheet for you is we need both the form, we need the regulated types of prayer with our schedule, right? That sounds very um, legalistic, right? It can be, right? The Jews may fall in that trap because it didn't work out very well for them, right? So we need the regulated portions of prayer, but we also need the non-regulated portions of prayer, the part that builds the relationship. The crazy thing about it is you will never get the relationship if you don't do the regulated types of prayers. Does that make sense? If you don't schedule in the times of prayer, the spontaneous prayers never will happen, will they? And if you, if you don't, back so I can get my slide, if you don't do the to-do list kind of prayers, if you're not praying through one of Paul's prayers, if you're not opening up the bulletin looking for our sick list, if you're not uh, going back to the Lord's prayer and hanging your own thoughts on his prayer, the talkative, spontaneous kinds of prayers where you just pour out your hearts to God are much more difficult. You need the regulated type of prayer so that you can get to the non-regulated type. This part grows you. So does this part. 
but you're never going to get to the, the spontaneous, amazing prayer life that you want if you don't start with the regulated type of prayer life. So that's why both of these aspects are so incredibly important. Prayer is something that we rely on, at least we should rely on. It should be our, one of our greatest assets. Um, the early church was devoted to this. And when the New Testament writers looked at and wrote about things that the early church was devoted to, this was the thing that stood out. Half the times when they talked about the early church being devoted to something, it was to prayer. I wonder why, right? Why, why is prayer so significant? Well, because God can do more in five seconds than we can do in five years, right? But we don't always ask for his help. We don't always come to him, pleading with him to intervene for us. And so we miss out on so much of the power that is possible in our lives because we're not very good at this. This week, my challenge to you is continue doing the, the, the 21 days of prayer that David challenged you to do two, three weeks ago. Keep praying for that one person. Uh, look for them in the sick list. Hang your own prayers on, on some of Paul and Jesus' prayers in Scripture in relation to that person. This can be our greatest asset, but it's kind of like leaving a weapon on, on the table. We've neglected it for far too long. It's time to to get involved with this again and to, 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 to take advantage of the power that we find inside this incredible blessing. This morning, if you haven't been baptized into Christ, you are still in your sins. He's still holding you accountable for all the things that you've done that are outside of His will. The good news is you can get out of that, uh, that problem. You can have your sins washed away being baptized into His blood this morning, if you've already made that decision, you just need the prayers of this congregation to be who God would have you to be, to be focused and to be devoted to the things that He wants you focused and devoted on. We can pray with you and for you that you can be who God would have you to be. This morning, if you have any need, why don't you come as we stand and sing.
last song. That's not it. Our last song this morning is number 851, Blue Skies and Rainbows. Uh, just one quick reminder, if you've not done so already, uh, please, your contribution in the yellow buckets in the back. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we are thankful for this day. We are thankful for this opportunity to gather here this morning to hear your words and sing songs of praise. Father, it's our hope and desire that everything said and done here this morning was pleasing and nice sighting. Father, we ask that you be with us as we depart and go into the world, that we be that example, that light that you want us to be. Father, we ask that you be with those that are sick, those that are shut in, and those that are traveling today, that you watch over them and bless them as only you know how. Father, we thank you for Jesus and the love that he showed for all of us. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. <laughs> 